0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Well, welcome to another episode of Best Health Radio by Barb Regis and sponsored by Ask the PA. It is a show that's going to be probably, in my opinion, the most, I'm going to just say it, one of the most important shows that we've done so far. This show is something that's extremely important for all of us, and all of us are going to get to the point where we're going to need these folks that are across the table from me. Um, It's going to be a little emotional for me because I dedicate the show to my mom who passed away, and the anniversary of her death is tomorrow. And the reason I have these two amazing guests are because both of them have businesses that we needed as a family so much in the last six months to a year of my mom's life. So I thought it was important to reach out and see if we could get Jackie and Crystal on the show, because I think this conversation is going to wake people up and get you thinking about things that are at times even uncomfortable to discuss. So welcome to the show. Let's get happy about it. It called Jackie, Senior Living Options, Jackie Wargo. Welcome to the show. And Crystal Negley. And I gotta give you a little bit of background on Crystal. Crystal runs Jubilee in the Desert, which is a um, a group home of I believe eight to ten people. Eight beds, yeah. Eight beds. Mm-hmm. And the way I know Crystal <laughs> is because she's an amazing musician and she has a group called The Waters and she is married to this guy named Matt and Matt goes by the name <laughs> Sturgis, Uh-oh. but Matt will always be Matt to me because he was one of my uh, most amazing band students when I was a band director way back when in the late 80s and early 90s. So Matt, if you're listening, hello. And if your mom's listening, Bonnie and Ron, hello. And thank you for sharing Crystal with me. Hey, Jackie, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about Senior Living Options. Um, I started call
1: Jackie Senior Living Options because of what I went through finding a place for my mom. My mom was in a hospital for five weeks. They literally told me all of a sudden that she's got two to three weeks to live, put her in a nursing home, Nursing homes back in Michigan were like nightmares, Stephen King books. What part of Michigan? uh, Detroit. Okay. And so I looked at a couple of nursing homes here. I started crying and some angel put a piece of paper in my hand with a phone number and said, call my friend. So I called her friend and they owned an assisted living home. Okay. And I moved my mom the next day. We were talking about over-medication. Within 24 hours, they said, we'd like to bring our geriatric doctor in to take a look at your mom. We think Mm -hmm. she's being over-medicated. Sure, doctors make house calls. Okay. And that was something new to me. And I met him the next day, and he grumbled under his breath. She was on 21 medications.
0: Polypharmacy, one of the number one killers of people, especially the elderly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And what did I know? The doctors know what they're doing, right? Right. So he took her off of most of her meds, and 10 days later, she was sitting up in bed, clear-eyed and bushy-tailed, and she— you got your mom s- I got my mom back for another three and a half years. Yeah.
2: Because
1: she had terminal lung cancer. So I went, why didn't I have the help? They just exactly. said, stick her someplace. Had I stuck her in a nursing home, I truly believe she would have died in two to three weeks. Cross my heart. I just know it.
0: I agree with you. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that as we go on. Crystal, tell us about Jubilee in the Desert.
2: Well, I'm really excited to talk about Jubilee in the Desert with you because this is a brand new location in Arizona for us. So I've been in this industry, around this industry since I was born. I I grew up, I was born into a home where... I had no idea you kept that secret. I did. I lived in in a facility my mom ran until I was 10 years old. I never lived outside of one. And so I grew up around it. All of those people were my surrogate grandparents growing up. And then my mom got back into the um, assisted living industry after taking a few years break. And then my sister grew up in it on her latter side of life. And then my mom's been doing it ever since. And my sister and I both got involved in her businesses in South Florida. And then we finally decided to open our own first location in Arizona. So it's only been open for three months, but we're doing really well and we're excited.
0: Congratulations. I'm really excited for you. And I'll tell you, that was a surprise to me. On Facebook, all of a sudden, it's like, we're opening up this facility. What? I had no, no idea. So what's really cool is that you grew up with this. And Mm -hmm. so you really understand what the needs of patients are in your residence. Can you talk
2: about that a little bit? I can't. Um, Growing up in the the homes that we had, they were really small homes. So you're getting a very family-like environment. Like the house that I have now, it's just a four-bed, four-bedroom, so it's eight-bed facility. But it's like having a family. So everybody there is your family and you come and you all come together. You, children raising, you know, around elderly people. Those people were like braiding my hair every day and telling me their stories. Um, Like in our, in our facility now, we have a dog that's a therapy dog going through training. So it's like They have a dog in their home. His name? His name is Wrigley. He's so cute. (laughs) And so he's a beautiful um, yellow lab. Awesome. And so he's getting therapy trained right now for our residents, but he loves to go in and check on them. And my kids are there all the time. So I, I just love that family environment. My kids love being there. And they're like, Mom, when can we go to Jubilee and hang out with the residents? And my newest resident is already in love with my kids. And she looks forward to, like, every time they come. Right they're like excited to see them and for many um of the residents that's the
0: only people that ever come to visit too yeah and so to be able to provide a a dog and able to provide your family and share them with them it is it's a it's a surrogate family for them it's it's beautiful you know uh, jackie tell me when you look at placements Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about your process in placing people
1: Okay, I meet with the family, get as much information as I can about their loved one. I try to meet with the person if it's possible. Sometimes it isn't. If they have advanced dementia, it might be upsetting to them. So there are certain times when it's just the family. I do an extensive medical assessment, mental assessment, educational, physical, financial. Those are all important. It's just, it's not just, oh, I need to go someplace. Okay, here you go. I sit there and I take as much time as I feel I need and they need to find out what the needs are and what type of place I need to look for or places I need to look for because I believe in options.
0: Mm. Our family was all over the place with that. Oh, Uh, I believe it. My parents came from uh, Renaissance, independent living forever, and it just got Mm -hmm. to the point where it wasn't safe. Mm -hmm. So we went to a group home, a bigger group home, Mm -hmm. uh, with the idea of— that, they'd get a little bit more individualized care. right? It was an interesting experience at that group home because there's a dynamic of many different personalities with many different needs. Uh, and you could tell it wasn't a cohesive environment. And there was a lot of people running in and out and there was not a lot of privacy. It was kind of like a very interesting experience for me to observe all that mm-hmm. and it was really really difficult on my my uh my, my parents and so I was just curious when you go to these places and mm-hmm. and crystal as well please pipe in like mm-hmm. when people come like your concern for making sure that everybody's a good fit for each other in the home is that important to you?
1: So yes. important, that's why I ask all those questions that I do ask. Is I want to make sure that if it's somebody who has a semi private room and they're pretty with it, they're alert, maybe they're a veteran, that I try to find places that the person they're going to share the room with. Is also a veteran, right. that they're alert. So they can sit there and talk war stories or whatever it is that they have in common. I'm not going to take somebody who's uh, bedbound and dying and move somebody in with them who is going to look over and see this. And how upsetting would that be? How depressing. Yeah. So a lot of it is finding out who the residents are, what the caregivers are like, the places I work with. I get to know the homes, the caregivers, the owners, the managers. The residents, I get my hugs when I stop in. And for me, it's important to do my hug stops.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: what I do. I'm in a neighborhood. Awesome. I stop in and everybody gets to
0: And that's the one thing I noticed was that um, there was no follow through. It was like, okay, your place, see you, have a great life, bye. Yeah, I do Sorry, say. but it was.
1: Mm-mm. Oh, so, I know. W- what do
0: you you know, now that you're kind of like, you've got all this experience in Florida, and now you guys are running an Arizona facility. I hate to even say that. Resonance. Yeah. So when you're placing,
2: how how does that affect you? Like when people come in and say, hey, I want to,
0: you know, move in.
2: We've noticed that, that that can be uh, a trend amongst certain people who are referral agents, that they just kind of like, on, on occasion, just pop in. And like, there's not a lot of involvement. I'm like, are you spending time finding out what their needs are before you just bring them here? There's definitely some little more research and things that need to be going into it. Jackie's got the right attitude about it, I believe. Um, and you'll find that not everybody's doing that, unfortunately. It,
1: it, it's scary. It's mm-hmm. very scary. In fact, the majority of placement agents out there couldn't care less. I call it, they're the place and dumpers. They place them, they dump them someplace and on to the next one. They don't care about what happens down the I would the road. have to agree
2: with that. Yeah, and it's not good for it's not good for the person being placed. It's not good for the family. It's also not good for the re- the residents where they're going or right. the homeowners. Any, it doesn't do anybody any justice uh-huh. to have that situation. So it's it's really sad to see it happening.
0: And I think for me, that's the number one problem right there is just the right placement and great follow up. And if you're not doing the job, say, hey, we're not going to place people here anymore. And that was some of the feedback that I gave. I was like, hey, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G are not happening. And this is the result of it. And uh, it it was really sad. And and the hard part is as somebody who's trying to find a place for your parents, you've got a time frame, you've got a budget, you go into the home and you just kind of hang in there for about a half hour and you go, well, it looks clean. It looks safe. It looks like the food looks pretty good. Okay, I think this is going to work out like we got to at least try it. Right. But then what happens is after they've been there for a while, the truth comes out. Right. Can you allude to that?
1: Yeah, that's. there are a lot of different things that I personally do, which the majority of them don't. Again, they're they're coming out of the woodwork. They think it's easy money. And for some Mm -hmm. it is because they don't care. But I vet the places. I do see them. Um, Important are the surveys that the Department of Health Services do every year. Mm -hmm. They show up. And say, honey, I'm here. And you got to open their door and they go through it with a fine tooth comb, right? We haven't had one here
0: yet. Oh, so yeah, one we're, here. we're
2: still waiting on one for Be Phoenix. prepared. <laughs> but I'm waiting. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there and, you go. and.
0: Exactly. Yes. But it, it looks like you guys are, what I like is it sounds like you're growing methodically. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you're growing systematically. You're not just all of a sudden, you know, eight residents. And it's better to do slow growth with a great reputation rather yes. than this fast.
2: Crazy yes. growth.
0: Because the other thing that happens is that uh, what I noticed was retaining caregivers. A lot of um, turnover with caregivers. And part of it is because it's a hard job. And it just takes one resident that takes all the needs of the caregivers, mm-hmm. you know, that can really put people over the edge. Yes, it can. Um, you know, and, and that was my observation with that mm-hmm. as well. And Crystal, you were saying like as you're hiring people, like— What's your take on on uh, the people that are out in Arizona? Like, is there a shortage? Is there a surplus? What's going on?
2: There is definitely a well-known shortage. People who are in the healthcare community will tell you that there's really we're facing quite a problem with the caregiver shortage in mm-hmm. Arizona because we do have so many people retiring here right. of that age, and the shortage is definitely prevalent here. It is difficult to keep people. I mean, I have people call me on the daily. Like, I've got ads running right now for caregivers. We talk, and they're like, I'm going to come and bring all my paperwork and come for interviews. And half the time, they don't even show up. Yeah. Um, so it's it's an interesting thing to balance right now. I'm finding, like, it's, like I said, it's very different from uh, Florida, where our other locations are. Um, here, you have to have a different kind of mm-hmm. certification that you don't have to have there. It's definitely been a difficult thing to navigate, and like you said, it's not—it's not an easy job. It's really one that you have to have a heart for, Love, yeah. which I think is really important. You can teach somebody how to do anything, you need to have a passion for it, like exactly. Otherwise, it's not—you know—it's not, you know, not going to go well. Can you cool. tell me about the certifications? There's a course that you can take. It's about a week long wow. course. It's five hundred dollars for the course. About generally speaking, five to seven hundred. I think it gives you a lot of the basic information, but hands on is really where you're going to get a lot of your exactly. A lot of your skills that so you're going to have to do a lot of training after that course. I think really And a lot of places will individualize that for their own homes, right? But
0: and and what's interesting is uh, you find that in the bigger assisted livings as well, um, they're having people dispense medications that have no training. They don't even know what insulin is. They don't even know how to give insulin.
2: Right. You should be certified a caregiver to be giving any medications at all. Right. What yeah. are the, what
0: exactly are the laws? Do you know, Jackie, with that? Well, technically, all they have to do
1: is be trained and then certified by the state. Mm -hmm. And then the doctor has to write an order that the caregivers are allowed to administer the medications. Hmm. Basically, that's it. So uh, most of the homes I work with, it's not, in fact, I think all of them, it's the caregivers don't set up the meds. It's the manager or the Owner, they set up all the meds exactly so that here's what they get at this time. This is the correct amount. This is, you know, Mm -hmm. when you give it, and then they sign a medication administration record Mm -hmm. to show that they've done that. Mm -hmm. So, I wish there was more training, such as maybe being a med tech. Which, I agree I wish they had that but they don't not here in Arizona they have so many other regulations
2: it's very interesting how they do it They'll, right exactly right. and they get they can't get enough caregivers because there's not there's so there's enough training required at this point that it's keeping people out of the field right but there's something that needs to change with the way that it's being handled here because and, and that's that's what doing. my promise to my mom was that you know I was
0: going to somehow come up with a way that we ensure that people that are giving medications have minimal, at least some sort of knowledge. Like, hey, this is a blood pressure medication. If you check the blood pressure and the blood pressures reach out to, you know, the home health nurse or something and say, "Do you really want me to give the medication tonight?" Right. Don't just give it. Right. Uh, yeah. A person sure is, you know, hundred, and you're supposed to give them like, you know, so much Humalog or whatever. Think. And that's the thing that I noticed is that people aren't thinking. They're just robotic and they're doing because Mm -hmm. the computer system says just do it that way. So I just do that. And so it, that's the that's the hard part. But you know, uh, even with um, my business, you know, uh, as a healthcare provider, finding good medical assistants is tough. It's it's very competitive, and there's a lot more training for medical assistants. And uh, uh, even CNAs for the hospital, you know, there's a little bit less training. But it's interesting. CNAs can do catheters. Medical assistants can't. Medical assistants can do phlebotomy, but a CNA can't. And so one of the things I think would be really interesting is if like if we could put one certification together that you can do these, this, 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 and maybe you could be the person that could oversee the caregivers in these residents and just kind of double check things. Now, if I could divide myself into 50 people, What I would love to do is set up a business and do something like that where I could just go in there and oversee and say, hey, you know, and and train and say, listen, this is how you give insulin. Listen, these are the things to watch out for. It's not that hard. And that was my big issue with actually all the facilities my parents have been at. It's like, hey, you know, when in doubt, ask the question. Right. Right. yeah that's important that just is. just don't do it right and so I, I I think that's the biggest challenge that you have I mean all anyone no matter what the size of the facility is you're gonna run into that problem and then the hard part is is that a lot of people just they're afraid to to speak up
1: yes oh yeah mm-hmm.
0: so can you guys talk about that you know with your residents give us an example of that
1: go ahead jackie <laughs> um yeah families are afraid to speak up and that's one of the things I do is I stay involved. I'm not a place and dump. They can call me five years later. They can call me at nighttime. I work seven days a week. So they can call me and say, hey, Jackie, one example, I'm into stories. I had a lady who was at a wonderful home and I get a call from the daughter and she goes, Jackie, I need to talk to you about something. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the way she's talking, what's wrong? My mom likes to have canned beans. She really doesn't like the frozen beans. But I'm afraid <laughs> to say something to the owner, like the, which he's a big teddy bear. He's an oh, awful It sounds like my
0: father every <laughs> yeah, day.
1: I don't want to cause a problem. And I said, I'll take care of it. So I called Mark, the owner. I said, Mark, she wants canned beans. Is there a problem? He went, why didn't she say something?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they don't.
1: Mm-mm, my yeah. dad. Mm-mm. And then when
0: my dad says something to me, he goes, don't tell them that. You know, so what I've been doing is I've, and and I want to give a big shout out to Abel. It's called Angel Adult Group Home in um, Awatuki. I was hoping she would come tonight. She is the um, owner of the facility my father's at. He's the same way. It's like, I don't want to make a problem, but like, I really don't want my raisin toast like with jelly on it. And I go, dad, you just (laughs) let him know you don't want jelly on your raisin toast? So I kind of tell him, so... So it was his his birthday, right? So I go to the grocery store and I get a bunch of his favorite things, you know, and I take it to them and I'm trying not to insult them or anything. I'm like, dad likes clam chowder. And I know they make like a potato soup that's kind of like the clam chowder. And my hint was like, taste it. And you'll kind of get an idea of like what he likes, like how he likes things seasoned. His other thing, Abel, I got (laughs) to tell you, you're going to hear it right now. This is... He swears to me that like, hey, we have spaghetti twice a week, but they never put the sauce in the spaghetti. It's just kind of like, and I don't get that. And so, so I'm like, dad, did you just tell him, hey, put
2: the sauce, put it in the spaghetti. It's no big deal. So what kind of stories do you have, Crystal? I mean, I deal with it every day. Oh, yes. It's funny because some are some are more talkative than others, but I think it's always good to just go ahead and say it because as caregivers, we want everyone to be happy. You know, we want to see... You come out and be like, "I'm excited about my breakfast." You get you get little wins every day, you know. So we want to see smiles on their faces. So it's like, hey, if yeah. I can make your toast how you like it, or make your bacon extra crispy if that's how you like it, like we want to know that stuff. I know when when we get somebody in, like a new resident, um, that's one of the first things we like to talk about because we like cooking in our home and hey, and we're, your food looks
0: we're, good. We're foodie
2: people, <laughs> and so that's one of the things we like to talk really about. Good. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I've been seeing these Facebook pictures of like, "Hey, I'm going to be over there for dinners." (laughs) Yeah,
2: I know my sister makes me hungry.
1: (laughs) What else do they have to look forward to? Imagine being being someplace which is not your home, Mm -hmm. right? And you're there, and there's really nothing for you to do. You know, maybe you can get on the computer or watch movies or whatever it is. Look
0: forward
1: to food, and that's one of my big my big peeves, pet peeves, is the homes that don't provide good food.
2: Yes, I think it's really important. And we also are thinking about their health there, too. We want them to have some good, comforting foods and things they love and things they've eaten their their lives that we like to find out. You know, what are some things you grew up eating? What are some of your favorites? Um, shepherd's pie, things like that mm-hmm. the we, that we love to make and things like mm-hmm. that. So good, comforting things. But also, we're also thinking about their overall health, you know, with dementia and other things like right. that as well. So, you right. know— I wanna like make sure we're throwing in a, a leafy spinach salad with some blueberries and some MCT oil and things like that that are really gonna help kick the longevity of of your um faculties working and yeah and uh aging gracefully as, as much as we can. We with want dig one the Yes, absolutely. And
0: that's what it's all about is uh, so. dignity, grace, and just being there and having them have a sense of safety. Right. And a sense of this is theirs. Like for example, my dad, he, um, he and my mom had a room. Uh, unfortunately, my mom was a very short period of time before everything kind of hit. And he, I was able to arrange that he could keep that room. So it's a pretty big room. It's got the bathroom and he's got his bachelor pad going, man. He's got his TV going. He gets (laughs) the newspaper every morning. You know, he cuts out like he's 97. He cuts out like what he's going to watch for the day. He still is having problems with his phone and (laughs) that's (laughs) in the remote control, but he has his paradigm. He's got his razor. His big thing was he wanted a razor with four blades. So I was like, okay, dad, we'll try this. Okay. So, you know, he's very mindful. He's very proud. He loves to shave himself every day. So gosh, and he goes in that bathroom, he sits there and he shaves himself, he gets a shower. But the nice thing is that they really respected that and respected it for, for us that like, hey, I was willing to pay some extra money for him to have that privacy as long as he could. Now, if it gets to the point where he can't go to the bathroom on his own and he needs other care, then then the conversation right. may change, Right. It, but to give them those choices. And for him now, it's like, that's his place. It's like, because all of his creature comforts are there, including exactly where the remote is. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's that's mm-hmm. that's cool.
1: Well and one thing that I like to I like to work with homes where it's the resident's home and the caregivers, owners and so on accommodate to whatever their needs are, the residents. It's not the owner's home. That's yeah. exactly. not the right way to look at it. It's the residents' home. Yeah. And let them feel comfortable, treated properly. Not put jelly on the raisin toast. You know, that's important to people. And I've seen too many places. There's over 2,500 of them, and I work with about 30% of them. That's it. 2,500. Yes. And there are over 2,000 that aren't licensed, which is very scary. Because as much as I personally like the
2: government regulation. mm -hmm, Oh, yeah.
0: Let's go back to that conversation right now, you two. mm -hmm. Go talk
2: about licensure. Uh, This is something I'm not even aware of, so tell me more about that. I, I don't know a lot about that.
1: Yeah, they well, in the state of Arizona, you can have three people or less and not have to have a license. There are a lot of people who say, Oh, I take care of my grandmother. I'll, I'll pick up another couple of people and they've not, they don't need training or certification or licensing. There's over 2000 of those. Some mm-hmm. of them kind of padded a little bit and you'll see homes where they got five, six, seven people, no licensing because they've not been caught. Mm-hmm. It's really important. They have to, if it's four to ten people, if we're home, right. they have to be licensed. The caregivers have to be trained and certified.
2: Absolutely. You wouldn't
1: believe how many people out there don't do that. I'm and they kidding. call me all the time, and I'm like, well, are you kidding me? Obviously, you don't know me. You're like, I have my saying, business and my reputation. That's like your, because, your first
0: question, like, are good. you licensed?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, oh, and I check that, I can check it on the um Department of Health Services website. So for every home and every community I work with, the first thing I do is look at their surveys. Yeah. And they go back three years. And I can tell when like I knew that there was a new owner for angels. Because Angels new. Yes, yes. I knew there was a new owner because I knew I knew Anita, who was a former owner, and she still owns another home. Right. And so I I looked at the survey, I said, huh something different here Mm -hmm. and so that's when abel called me and i'm like i'm so glad you called me i was going to call you and say What's tell me what's going on here Mm -hmm. but it's paying attention to those little things especially for people who do what i do unfortunately they don't and god forbid please don't go on the internet and get the internet places they've got the big places i call them the box office yes because they don't ask the questions, they give you a list, and it's up to you to see if they're available, what their their yeah, specialties are. Yeah, we experienced are. that. Yeah, see, yeah. and that's the problem. Most of those, and it's amazing. I was at a meeting today, Did and you it was
2: pastors. Mm-hmm. Oh we yeah, have pastors yeah. today. I was just going to talk about that. You said that. No, were I was there? there
1: too this morning. Uh huh. Oh, is that the afternoon one? Because I'm a mem- member of NPR. At- Keep okay, going, guys. Okay. This
2: is
0: awesome. <laughs> Tell me more about pastors. This is awesome. Okay,
2: go ahead. No, I was just like, you just made me think of the same thing. I was like, oh uh-huh, my buddy. gosh, the stuff they were talking about at the pastors' meeting today. <laughs> exactly,
1: and it's about trying to stabilize and do things to the placement agents, the placement. Agencies that are out there that do what they want to do. Oh, they talked about, can I give a name or no? Am I not? I can? Oh, a place for for mom. Mm -hmm. Chuck went through. Chuck is one of the head guys. He's been in this business forever. And he went through what their language is. The language that you don't see Mm -hmm. when you're on the internet and you put your name and a phone number or email in. Mm -hmm. The moment you do that, they own you. Right. You are not allowed to opt out. They don't ask the questions. They send you a list. You might as well look it up
2: in a phone book, right? Because yeah, they basically say in that back verbiage that you don't see till after you've given your information. That's right.
0: That they find they own that it. That they
2: basically are like, we have all this information. You can't opt out on this information. Now we're going to have all these people call you. They don't really have any information about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your needs or wants or anything, and they say, here's a list. We haven't checked out any of these people, and they own you. This is a, it's, this it's, is a crazy
1: thing, right? We terrible, were at that meeting. They own you. It's A Place for Mom, Caring.com. Care.com. And they're all Care.com. owned by the same
2: company. It's the, oh, all yeah. top 10 Cake, pretty much. So, so
0: what I need to know so. is the name of that company, and we're going to get the word out. We need to do that because nobody should own you. This is not the way it right. should work. This is probably one of the most difficult, intimate decisions that a family ever makes, especially when it comes to a loved one. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm I'm just going to say it. Um, you know, I know I, I'm very verbal these days and I don't really care, but shame on you. Mm-hmm. Whatever your company is, shame mm-hmm. on you. You shouldn't own anybody. You shouldn't own a place for mom, any of this kind of stuff. Wrong. Right. Wrong. Ask the PA. Send me a message, com And I would love to have a conversation with you about that because it is wrong. It's not. It's not about you. It's about people's loved ones. And you That's know what? Right. They're vulnerable. Exactly. You know what it's like when you're, when you're, when you're in the hospital, like like mm-hmm. what Jackie said, you're in the hospital. All of a sudden, you're like, I've got to find a place quick. And, and the first thing I'm thinking of is, wait, I had, old, I had a patient. I had somebody I knew. I'll reach out to him. And he helped me out a lot. And the funny part is, I don't want to violate any HIPAAs, but Anita, I was desperate. I was ready to send my parents down the street to Mountain Park. Financially, I knew I couldn't afford it. I didn't know how I was going to make it work. Um, but I was desperate. And mm-hmm. I had signed the contract. And one Sunday morning, I woke up. I was, I was just like losing it. And my husband and I just did this random thing. And we saw Angels. Called up and and my husband took care of everything because he's like, You need a break. You've been through this, this, and this. I'm in my cancer diagnosis and all this kind of stuff during this. And he calls up Anita, and it's the the most amazing thing. They they just basically talk and he's like, Is there any way we can come over on a Sunday? And she goes, Yeah. So we walk in and she goes, Tony, nice to meet you. And then Anita <laughs> looks at me and she goes, I know you. I'm like, wait a second. I know you and I can't say how we know each other, but we knew each other. And she great, was very gracious and brought my parents in. Uh, unfortunately, not due to any of their fault at all. Something did happen. Um, and unfortunately, my mom didn't get much of time at, at mm-hmm. Angels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm very grateful to Anita yeah. uh, for her opening her home to my family as fast as she did. And I'm also very grateful to Abel as well for um, respecting, you know, what my father's needs are right Right. now. And I'm so, so, so excited for what you're doing in Glendale. Thank you. Well, we're just
2: really excited to be doing it. We're finally seeing this vision is coming to fruition for us as um, as exciting for my sister and I being a part of it. And now she's doing a lot of the caregiving. So she's really hands-on. She's there Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm in the thick of it with everybody, just her little family. And me and my kids go by. We're in and out during the day. And then we come in a lot of the times on the weekends, too, and get to play music there.
0: Mm -hmm. uh, Oh, they're so lucky.
2: So Mm -hmm. we do some music. And I've got lots of musician friends as well who like to come over. So we get live entertainment at the home. And then, you know, get to play games and do fun things like that with them, with the kids and stuff. So it's really amazing for me. I'm getting excited watching my kids get to be in the same situation that I was in as a kid. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I just think about the great respect that they're going to have for people, um, and elderly people as they get older. Mm -hmm. And that's exciting to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's kind of a lost, um, a lost generation kind of for, especially at prime, I'm a little bit younger than some people who are in my business, um, I would say. And so, for me, that's exciting.
0: Do you have, like, uh, social networks that people that own similar group homes get together and share share experiences, share pearls, share those kinds of things?
2: I'm just getting tied in, actually. And I think by going to um, different um, networking groups that I'm getting involved in, with right now, um, Coalition... And I can help you passers and a talk. bunch of different things. So I'm getting I'm getting more and more connected with different people. I, I know when we moved into the area, we even just stopped by a couple of homes just to kind of introduce ourselves right. and be like, "Hey, we're down the road, and if you need anything, let us mm-hmm. know." And uh, likewise, you know, and if if we can't help somebody, we, we'd be happy to see your facility and, and send them your direction if, if it's a good fit, things like that. So it's always nice if you can build a sense of community because we're really in this together. We right, want, exactly, you know, we want everyone to really be running amazing homes where we can take great care of each other's families. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we want to see for everybody. So
0: tell us a little bit about your background before you got into this uh, business. I am a Wolverine for all those Buckeyes out there. I'm I'm a good I'm I'm okay. I'm not that
1: much into football, and I'm married to a Buckeye. Oh. But
2: <laughs> I'm married real. to a
1: Buckeye. I know, I know. Forgive me. Still, still use me. Okay, <laughs> but my background is psychology. I have a degree in psychology and. Plus, I was raised up in the kind of neighborhood, kind of what you're talking about, very old fashioned, Polish neighborhood in Detroit, where we all watched out for each other. We all helped each other. That's something I really miss. And that's something that's lacking. You knew mm-hmm. everybody. If somebody needed help, if you needed to go mow their lawn because they weren't feeling good or run to the store for them. And that's something that we don't have anymore. So I like the homes.
2: I can't wait to see your home. Oh, I can't wait for you to come to it. We've got to work that out I've before the end that. of the day. That's,
1: that's my background. And then I worked with my husband who has a video film production company called Swat HD. And he, was in a, he went through the same situation with his mom as I did mine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he was kind of amazed that I went into this business, but it just, I tell people it's what God wanted me to do when I grew up and I will be doing this until I stop breathing. That's how I look at it. I love what I do. And if I could just say one more thing, please, because we were talking about places like the big box offices, forget the first and second pages and third and fourth pages on the internet, please call around and you can call some of the homes and ask them who they like to work with. Exactly. And, and just make sure that whoever you work with, and please don't do this on your own, it's way too difficult, and I can vouch for that. That's true. Call somebody who's local, who's been in the placement business for years, who actually went through this. I made all the decisions for my mom. I had no help from anybody. They didn't, they didn't want any part of it because they felt if there was a problem and there was a mistake, of course, it would be on me. So they wanted nothing to do with the decisions. So ask for somebody local, someone who does their homework, someone who vets the places, someone who knows the places, someone that they ask you the right questions. On my website, I'm going to do that. What questions you should be asking a placement right. agent? I think that's a good, just that's a good idea. Yeah, there, there's Absolutely. there's some people I
0: want to definitely connect you with, mm-hmm. both of you guys with that. I think it's it's interesting. I can't talk about it, but it 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 falls into my legacy project that has been stopped abruptly due Mm -hmm. to a legality situation. And um, it's like I can, through this journey, especially through Phoenix Business Radio X, uh, been able to meet people and can kind of like sit back and put you all together and how you all can really help each other out and how I can help you help each other out. Right. And it's just amazing how there's so many great people out there that want to do the right thing, that have the passion to do the right thing, but they're worn out because there's so much negativity around them and they're seeing so much negativity. And sometimes they just need a little boost, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they Just do. a tiny little boost. And yeah. like, that's what I love about what you're doing. And what I really love about what you're doing is you're taking ownership of what's going on. And I think that is probably the biggest thing that if I was asking now that I know the questions to ask, that since I've been through the school of hard knocks, and I tell mm-hmm. people this is what you need to ask the group home, do this, 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 this. this is what you need to ask. This is the living. Boom, 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 boom. But the one question I didn't realize that I would also say is the follow up that you have. Yes, with these facilities. Do you do the same kind of follow up with these bigger assisted livings and uh, independent livings, those Absolutely. kinds
1: of things? Absolutely. Oh and yes. And memory care. Oh yes. Because with the bigger places, you have more people to take care of, fewer caregivers mm-hmm. to take care of. The the ratio is horrendous. Yeah. So you Get one caregiver to take care of 12, 15, sometimes Scary. twenty people. And yeah, at night time, yeah. Oh yeah. At night time, one of them said, "I have forty five people to take care of at night."
0: Scary, dangerous. It's, yeah,
1: it's very dangerous. So, why? yes, I stop in on these places. Oh, you should have made an appointment. I Why would I have to? It's the same with the homes. I just knock pop on in. the door. I just <laughs> pop in. They're like, oh, Jackie's here.
2: But, I think that's a great thing, too. Like, mm-hmm. The pop-in is always a good idea. So if you want to, like, ever just pop into a a, a home or a place, mm-hmm. if you're curious about it, just mm-hmm. go knock on the door and be like, hey, I'm just curious about How's going in here? And like, that's right. It, it's a great way to really get a feel and a sense for like what things are like. I think. Well, and you know, so. you mentioned the large facilities. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when you have the experience that I do, plus I have a great intuition, I can go in, look around. I was just in a big place. No one was smiling. Everyone was sitting by themselves, and this is in the 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 dining area. No one was put with anybody else. They all had their own little table. And I'm looking going, this is not right. Because what they should do, yeah, they should be doing is promoting, putting, Mm -hmm. you know, having people meet people. So they're sitting there by themselves. No smiles, no nothing. Caregivers weren't smiling. That's huge. If you go into a place and the caregivers are not smiling or singing, it's a huge red flag.
0: Huge. Yeah.
1: So that's, you know, that's some of the stuff that people don't know if you don't have someone helping you. You don't know to look out for those things. You, that's the problem with not having help from someone who's experienced and does just this. What are the questions you should ask? What, do, what should you really look for? Forget the questions. Mm-hmm. What should you kind of look at? Right. Pay attention and to, people, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think talking like mm-hmm. talking to some of the residents, too, you find out a few things just by asking them. Yeah. Like, exactly. Saying hi, talk to them, find out. I'm sure you just pick up on a few things. Just talking to a few people that are there, even. Yeah.
1: And I talk to anybody. And everybody, Uh, so I will stop and go. Hey, do you? Oh, hi. How you doing? I'm Jackie. What's your name? And they go. Hi, I'm Al. Said, Hi, Al. What'd you do before? When you, you know, before you were retired, and just get a conversation going, Mm -hmm. and then you start kind of getting asking questions, and you. It's amazing what they. What they. The other thing
0: is, the facility may look amazingly beautiful. Yes. And I think people get drawn into that. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know the statistic exactly, but there's a huge movement right now with construction companies and investors. And what they're doing is they're investing in these assisted living, huge independent living facilities. Yes. And what they do is they build these beautiful Taj Mahal's. And then they basically sit back and watch the income. When you're talking that the average price for probably an assisted living like that, with you know, care with nursing Mm -hmm. care especially, Mm -hmm. can be anywhere from eight to ten thousand and more, depending on the care plan. And we're going to talk about care plans in a second. Um, It's easy trap to fall into. Oh, how beautiful it is! How beautiful the room is! But you're right. It's talking to the staff. And learning that the staff has never been um, trained on anything. That's right. And they're scared. Or, oh, I was hired for this job, but right now I'm doing this job because there's nobody else to do this job. Oh, I'm the head of uh, electrical and I'm serving meals tonight because there's... And I get the all hands on deck approach. I get that. Right. But, again, is that the best care? No. And so... Be aware, everybody out there. As you see these beautiful facilities being built, it's what's inside there. It's what exactly Jackie and Crystal are talking about. Right? Right. There's so much more to it. Bigger's not better. Mm-hmm. No, it's it not. not. More
1: beautiful's not better. More expensive it doesn't mean it's better.
2: That's true. And not- that's the
1: one thing I tell all my families. It's it doesn't mean that. Yeah,
2: I would agree with you. And I like I like the small, homey environment. I think it's—especially for people with memory care and things like that, yes, too. Yes. It gives them a feeling of a little more trusting and these places where they can't find their rooms and things like this. It's like, nobody came to walk me down to my dinner today, so I didn't make—and it. And I just heard this story recently. So I didn't make it to dinner because nobody came and walked me to my meal. And things like this happen all the time, but it's like— Definitely. It doesn't give you that one-on-one care, small sense of home no. feeling. So I, I definitely am on the side for the small. And you, know what, and you know what Jimmy Buffett's doing? You've heard about what Jimmy's doing? No. Jimmy
0: Buffett is getting assisted livings. And what he's doing is he's building small little homes, like mini homes, and they're going to be like Buffettville's. They're gonna be like Marguerite for people like
2: Yeah, he is. I in bet Florida. there are people lining up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know what, this?
0: you're, you're, you're going to have your your room, you're going to have your palm trees, and you're going to have that music every single day, you know, oh, and you're going to these people gosh. in their 70s, you know. That would be a fun place to that work, Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, but I look look there. up Jimmy Buffett and what he's up I to. Jimmy, out. Yeah, Jimmy is like all over the same. We need a sense of community. We need to be listening to, uh, you know, his great, you know, oh my gosh, I mean. Well,
2: hopefully he's doing it right then. up, you know. Right, Sales because I, I found like something what you just said um, a moment ago, that there are famous people and people who are in big industries big time. um, who are getting involved in this uh, in assisted living. And that can have it, its ups and downsides. But like you said, these big, beautiful places, um, if they're coming in as investors, just looking to make money, yep. they're not in it for the right reasons they're not. because it takes a lot more than money to make a good home. It right. takes a lot of heart and hard work. And if you're not the person willing to do that, then, you know, you're kind of missing the mark. And that's why I think
0: the home environment is really where it's going to go. I think as especially people my age, I'm in my mid-50s. Hopefully, I won't be there that soon. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully, I make it that long. We'll see. But you're looking for that homey environment. You're looking for that fireplace. Look for that place to put your feet up where you can reminisce about what it was like growing up and when you raised your families and when your family comes. I mean, that was the one thing that was really exciting for my family. They came at Christmas time last year, and Anita, like, went over the top with her Christmas decorations. And I got to say, for my dad's birthday, it was so cute, what they did for him on Monday. It was just—it wasn't grandiose touches, but it was so nice. It it was just—it was so cool, you know. You know, balloons, happy birthday, Paul. You know, and he said, I had a birthday party today. And how neat was that, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they decorated the house. Yeah, and so my brothers came into town because I'm overseeing the care of my parents. And like you say, uh, I better not mess up Mm -hmm. too bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And they just loved walking in and seeing that beautiful Christmas tree, seeing the lighting in the house, seeing my dad's room decorated. And it being small, intimate, and just nice, mm-hmm. and so I, I, I will predict right now that I think the group homes are the way it's going to be. And also, the other reason I think so is because they're more, a little bit more cost effective.
1: They are, they yeah. are definitely cost effective.
0: So, how do you? All right, Jackie, let's go for it. How do you make money?
1: Oh, hey, easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, wait, all, how does she make the moolah, Jesus? This is how I make my moolah. My okay, how do you make your moolah? Um, I get a referral fee from wherever somebody moves to. So, And it's different depending on the place. For instance, with the homes, it's usually 100%, so it's one-month fee. But I I know about budgets and stuff, so if it's respite or if it's hospice, I do 25% per month up to a full month. And most homes are like, oh, you do that. It is a state law that Ducey signed in that I have to disclose my fee. I have no problem with that. I've Mm -hmm. always done that. But we need to do it in writing now or it's a $1,000 fine. So if anyone's out there and you're working with an agent and they have not asked you to sign a disclosure fee, you need to ask them for that. They should be doing that for you. So Mm -hmm. I make my money from places like Crystal's and they go, oh, my God, we love this resident. They're a perfect fit. And here you go.
2: Yes, and if she's doing her job well, like, sounds like she really is doing this. She's the kind of referral agent we want to work with. Exactly. Because then she's going to bring us a resident who is a good fit, and she's done the research, and she knows what she's getting into. She's come and she's fed it out our house, and she goes, I really like this place. I know this family. I think it's going to be a good fit for you, and then it's a good match, and you're not leaving your family a member in a place where they're going to have to turn around and leave in the next right, month or... Right. You know, it's putting everybody in a good situation. So. Well, and
1: I need the homes to be honest with me, too. And I gave this example at the passers meeting. Yeah, Somebody was talking. They were up there, and I don't know if it was Steve or Chuck or who it was. But I said, when I call a home, I give them a load of information. I mean, I've been told by the homes it's more than anyone else does. Okay, I think you should have that. But when I ask if you can do something and you say, well, I'll try— I just had this happen. I'm like, it's either yes or no. And the fact that you said you'll try, thank you anyway. Boom, I'm off the phone. So I need the homes to be honest with me as to what they can and can't do. Can you do tube feeding? Can you handle catheters and ostomy bags? Can you do suctioning? Are you, can you do a lot of things that aren't considered normal, yeah. everyday stuff? If you can't, that's fine. Right. I'll call you for the next one. But that's the one thing that I need from homes so mm-hmm. that I can help my families is complete honesty. Yes, we can. No, we can't. We don't think that would be good fit. Oh my gosh, he would be a wonderful fit for our home.
2: Right. That's it's, the stuff I need from the homeowners. Absolutely. And I know there are a lot of places who don't really do a lot of that, a mm-hmm. little bit more difficult care. Right. My sister likes this pride us in the fact that we, we do take residents like that um, because everybody needs a place to be. And sometimes taking in some of those a little bit more difficult, a little more time-consuming residents, even if it requires that, like, we have some of our staff go and get training. Right. I think that's important. And then we can say, absolutely. And if if everybody's not up to date on the training for that, then we'll go ahead and go and get everybody trained on that so that we make sure everybody's on On point, on the same page. And, you know, and so... Now I really can't wait to see it. And and, and the other
0: things (laughs) I'm just gonna add one little caveat as a healthcare provider though, Uh is also just being aware of what finally is added the scope of the home that really needs to go to skilled nursing. Right. And so Jackie, could you give us some examples of what you would think that would be?
1: Well, I had one recently. He had um, ALS. And he did he was his body wasn't working. He Completely paralyzed. He did have suctioning. He did have a tracheotomy. Um, he had the tube. And this is when I felt it was too difficult for any of the homes, even the ones where the nurses owned them and they worked them. And I was talking about Mark, the big teddy bear. He's got Desert right. Springs over in Mesa. And he's he's my helper. I'll say, Mark, I have this. What do you think? And he'll go, nursing home. Okay that I'm not even going to bother calling anyone else. So right. there are a lot of things that most of the homes can't do. But it's kind of, they're trained to do like catheter. Great, that's, catheters, yes, yeah. That's That's, that's a no-brainer, those that's, kinds of things. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. But when they start getting the specialized needs
2: like this gentleman needed. With I, ALS, yeah. With the ALS. Which is a nasty disease. It's very, yeah. We just very had the nasty. whole um, like I think eight people came out from the ALS, ALS uh, association. My sister used to work in a um, in the medical field previous mm-hmm. to this, doing equipment, medical equipment, and so she worked really closely with ALS um, for the medical supply company that she worked for, and we did the ALS walk every year with them. Mm-hmm. And so they came out; about eight of them came out and uh, toured our facility, and they just added us to their list of um, places that they'll recommend. But it is such a case-by-case pe- basis, and it I think is. that's the other thing. My sister or I—she's um, more the medical side of things. I'm more the business stuff, but like to go out and meet—you know, if we can go out and meet a resident before you can decipher something like that and say, right. like, let's talk about your condition and mm-hmm. what's going on with, with your health. I insist on that
1: with my homeowners. I'm so. going to have you go, okay, here's everything I know. I want you to go to that rehab facility or to the hospital. I want you to look at all their medical records. You take a look at all these things you need to take a look at. I need you to do your own assessment. Yeah, And I, beautiful. I require that every single time. No, and- no, no. You're not going to just listen to me.
2: You go see them.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jackie, can we things? please clone, clone you?
2: <laughs> yes, can we please? And we'll my, clone my husband would as say well. no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, but these are the points, and these are, and it's interesting because I, I really applaud you for bringing it up and talking so candidly because these are the problems that we faced as a family. Yeah, and some things could have been um avoided had there been a little bit more time. Yes, everything was fast. I get that, and a little bit more of the vetting, like you say, and also. Not only is it a good fit for the for the resident, but right. will this resident be a good fit for the rest rest of the residents, exactly. or is it going to set the home into a where our, our you know the car, the energy mm-hmm. goes kind of like haywire, and then all right. of a sudden you have other residents, you know, because it it you know it, it's it's a very yeah. small <laughs> a balance. balance, you know, yeah. it's like it's it's a balance yeah. for everybody. It is, um, yeah, and so. You're doing a great job, and and, and and the person who helped me did a, a good job. I mean, he really helped me out, um, and I and I am grateful to him for that. Right. Um, I'm not, I'm just not grateful for our outcome um, right. as far as my mom's death, but um, that's just something that you know happens. A lot of times, we have to be humble and realize that you know um, things do happen. Yeah and, but at the same time uh there needs to be an accountability as well and uh it's amazing you know for families when you get to that point you go oh my goodness you know you second guess yourself and say could we have hung in there in independent living a little bit longer because it seemed like the two of them yep. somehow were able to do it better than what i put them into and I still feel a little bit of a sense of guilt over that. And mm-hmm. I need to get over that mm-hmm. because I did the best I could with what I mm-hmm. knew to do. But now I feel like I'm really working hard to advocate for people to say, hey, you know, I wouldn't in the West Valley or, you know, S- Central Phoenix, Even I wouldn't hesitate to recommend Crystal's Place. I wouldn't hesitate to recommend Jackie and and some other people that I know, because I know you guys are going to. Do, go the extra mile, and families need that. Now, the question I have is, like, are you on hospital, like, are you on hospital lists as well, or are you not allowed to be on hospital list?
1: Some of the hospitals are now putting lists together, and um, I'm with Banner right now. I'd love to get into the other ones, but it's very difficult right. to get into the hospitals. This is very Social driven, isn't it? Don't you think? Where if you don't know somebody to bring you in, you're not getting in there. Yeah, it's very
2: very, network associated, I'm finding these things. Yes, it's very networky.
0: So, what we need to do is collaborate after this discussion and kind of see if we can bring a few other players into this networky thing (laughs) and try to come up with a central way for these connections to happen. And also Be great. when people, you know, just have questions like, you know, what to do.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Even though someone's not ready to do anything, call me. I've spent hours on the phone. I mean, over the years just to sit and talk with somebody. And I I said, you know, it's better to have the knowledge and education up front than when something happens, mm-hmm. like with you, Barb, that you're running around like a chicken with their head cut off. And yes. I don't want to see that. I mean, I had to go through that. So please, let me just sit and talk. We'll sit and talk and we'll both put our feet up. I This lady on the other end of the line, I could hear how stressed she was. I said, do you like wine? She goes, yes. Are you done working? Yes. Go find a nice place. Put your feet up with a glass of wine. Let's talk. And then right. when we were done, she's like, oh, thank you. You're welcome. Right. I mean, just little things like that. I just believe in educating. I really do. And too many people, you mentioned advocate. People don't know how to advocate for their loved ones. They don't know what they're allowed to do or what they should be doing and not doing.
2: Right. Right. Mostly what they should be doing. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people wait. They don't want to overstep their boundaries too soon. And I know Mm -hmm. that's a hard position to be in. Um, But when you said advocate, I felt the same way. Because my sister and I, being a little bit younger in this industry, are finding especially especially for younger generations, that they're not thinking about what this is like. And even my older friends are going, Crystal, what do I do about my mom and dad? And some of our, you know, first residents are friends' parents. And they're like, I haven't made any plans for them. And a lot of people wait till it's too long. So here's the deal.
0: Here's the deal. So This is what I'm talking about. First of all, like, I just got my trademark for Best of Health Advocacy. Oh. And I just got the trademark last week. And I'm an advocate who's trying to advocate for all the advocates. <laughs> is it kind of Perfect. It so You can advocate for so, the advocate. So right. right now, I'm going to tell you right now, there is an amazing nurse uh, advocate business out there called Bridges RN, Melissa Cardine in Gilbert. Shout out to Melissa. If you need somebody to help with what do we need to do as far as health care and as far as next steps and what is the best place from a medical standpoint, Melissa Cardine is your person. There is a gal out there. Her name is Marie Burns. Marie Burns has these small books out that I think Karen may have here uh, and they're guides to steps of what to be thinking about when families are transitioning and what questions to ask. And her books are brilliant. Marie right. Burns, shout out to you. She has two of them. She has another one that's going to be produced. So I will make sure that you guys get information about that because those are the kinds of things. Right here they are, Marines. It's called the, your amazing itty-bitty before financial checklists. It's awesome.
2: And Marie is
0: awesome. And so I'm telling you right now, Melissa Cardine, Bridges RN, Marie Burns are your people for all those kinds of questions. They have passions like no other. We've got Jackie who's got a passion like no other to make sure that these these pieces are in place. We've got Crystal who's got a background like no other as far as growing up in the business. She grew up in the business just like I grew up in the business with my dad being a doctor, fourth generation. That's why I'm a healthcare provider. We need to get together and what we need to do is finally just map it out and get her done. All right, and mean. part of my legacy project had has to do with it in a kind of a way which I can't talk about right now because of my legality situation, but it's going to happen. And um, the other thing I want to say really quick is that um, when you're accepting people, I'm going to give you a pearl. And you already gave it. Medicine collapses every single time is the transitional step. It's the step from when you're discharged from the hospital With the medical list, the medicine list, and I can tell you 90% of the time it's wrong. You need to make sure that you double and triple check it because it's wrong. I've seen it over and over and over again with my family and with my patients, and I could go on for an hour about it. It's the transitional steps. Mm -hmm. Every single time when they go to a nursing home, when they go to a skilled nursing facility, Even though the EMRs are so awesome, everybody says, and I have an opinion about that, and I said something about that in my last show, I think they have their place, but people are replacing that with good old common sense communication. We need to communicate, we need to talk, we need to make change, and in this room are four people. There's another person in this room, her name is Karen Nowicki, and she is the president of um, Phoenix Business Radio X, and she's a good friend of mine. And she has done more for bringing people together than anyone I know. And I'm grateful to her for that. And on that note, I want every single one of you to say one more thing that you'd like to do shout outs about yourself, shout outs about anything, starting with Crystal. What am I shouting
2: about? Anything. <laughs> about anything? <laughs> the Waters Music. Oh, the Waters Music. Well, we play music. So yeah, come see us play. Check out thewatersmusic.com. You can find out where our shows are check out jubileeassistedliving.com and you can find out all about our new amazing home. And we'd love to give you a tour. So like I said, drop by is always fine. Feel free to knock on the door and show up and uh, come by or you can always call and make an appointment as well. But you're always welcome. We love to show you our new home.
0: And Jackie.
1: I own Jackie. It's called Jackie Senior Living Options. And you can go to my website. It's call-jackie.com. And feel free to call me at any time, even if you just have questions, if you have concerns, even if somebody else helped you and you're like, this doesn't seem right, please feel free to call me. I'm always happy to help. I work seven days a week, my birthday, holidays, (laughs) doesn't matter because for me, it's always about the family and I'm an advocate for the families and they need it at all times. So please take a look at my website, and I'm here for you.
0: And Jackie knows Anita and Abel. Yes. Can you do a quick shout out for them?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, I've worked with Anita for years. She has awesome homes. She's had many of my families, and I call them my families, many of my families. And I spoke with Abel, and she seems phenomenal, and I can't wait to go out and sit with her, talk with her, just like Crystal. Now I've got two places and two people I need to go out and drill. (laughs)
2: and meet my dad and meet your dad yes absolutely happy birthday to your dad thank you your pictures were so cute thank you thank (laughs) you
0: it was it was fun and um i'd just like to again give one more shout out to karen nowicki because i am grateful to her for so many reasons and it's uh just been an amazing time with best health radio best health radio phoenix business radio x sponsored by ask the pa anyone that's interested in sponsoring my show moving forward uh reach out to me or karen uh it's been a pleasure thank you thank you so much everybody have a great evening and give your loved ones a big hug www.askthepa.com take care bye